it's obviously a, it's a, it's a progression that we've got to go through um, and there's a, a lot of good young swimmers coming through that I think are going to enable the, us to keep that, that progression going, particularly on the, on the girls' side, as we've said. Uh, another, another youngster I thought that was very impressive in, um, in Helsinki was, was, was Fran Holsall, again, uh, some a massive PB in the 100 freestyle and an amazing leg on the, on the last uh, anchor leg of that medley relay where they picked up the bronze. Yeah, I mean, Fran just shows no fear, and obviously they got a medal uh, at Commonwealth uh, with Fran anchoring uh, those relays there. So, I mean, the girl's got no fear. I know Fran really well. She's from uh, from my hometown, uh, Liverpool, and I, I really do her attitude. She, she gets up on the box, and she really isn't uh, scared to race these girls. I mean, she was swimming against uh, Bielthus from, um, from Holland on the 103, uh, and she just got out there, and even though the Dutch girl had broken the 200-metre uh, long course uh, championship and country, uh, Dutch record the week before, she just really wasn't scared by that at all, and she just seriously wasn't afraid to race, and that's, that's a great quality that all swimmers need if they're going to be successful on that world stage. OK, yeah, they, they, they picked up a couple of other medals, of course. I thought um, Kate Hayward seems to be... Uh I think I think possibly in the past she's had a bit of a bit of stage fright on the big stage. She seems to be getting over that because I thought she's done very well to get a pick up a silver in that 50 breaststroke. I don't know. No. If yeah, it's amazing for Kate because she's, I mean Kate has been around for so long and yet she's so young. But she was, you know, she started to make the British team 14, 15 years old, and sometimes I have to check check myself. And she, you know, she, I think she's still only 18 or 19 now. If it, I think that's correct. And she's always picking up medals on the on the short course scene. Followed by um, your race, followed by a long swim down. 
bound, extended swim bound to keep those meters up, and then same again in the evening uh, before the final. So, whereas the other guys will only be doing three or four thousand meters a week, you're continuing your training by doing seven, eight, nine thousand meters, and uh, even the likes of you know Becky Cook and uh, Rebecca Adlington and the distance girls, you know they'll probably be doing twelve, fourteen thousand meters uh, a day while the meet's on. It's a, it's it's an interesting situation to be in because I know a lot of people. Uh, a lot of swimmers that I speak to, uh, sort of at club level and what have you, they find it amazing that that the, these guys can be training that hard and still pull out what are some fantastic times. I mean, people like girls like Kirsty and uh, and what have you break British records and things, and they find it very hard to see why if you can swim that fast when you're doing all that training, maybe you could swim faster when you've tapered. I mean, is it as simple as that? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, how much faster Kirsty can go and these girls can go, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, Kirsty, I know, has quite a heavy weight program. She does a lot of gym work. Um, so that'll be taken out of the program. And, and, and you would expect a return of speed for that. And you would expect to be a little bit sharper. The younger girls that we spoke about uh, in, in Dickens and Simmons, I mean, when you're young, you don't, and, and like Francesca Household, it shouldn't really be that much of a, of a physiological effect. And I'm, I'm not sure how much return they will get. But certainly the guys, once the guys put their feet up, uh, the muscles start to recover. Uh, they're going to be super sharp and, and obviously swimming so much faster than they are at the moment. Looking looking beyond the, the British team, just briefly, um, there's probably only one swimmer that we need to, to talk about, and that would be uh, Laura Manadou, who, yep. who swam absolutely amazingly. Um, if slightly, uh, strangely, in the 800 freestyle. Well, what do you make of her? Um, the girl's got some gumption, hasn't she? She's, she's, so, she's so ready and willing to get out there and to try and, uh, and, to try and break world records. It's unbelievable. Doing the 800 freeze, uh, when, when she went out there in 401, absolutely unbelievable time. Um, and obviously, just a shame for her that she died there and she just missed the world record. I mean, I would have liked to see her train slightly smarter there slightly smarter, go out a little bit slower and undoubtedly she would have broke the world record. Now we were commentating on it and with uh, after 500 metres she was five seconds on the world record pace. There's no way that somebody of her class should then fall off them. But I like to see that she's prepared to push herself to the limit. She's not afraid at all to see how fast she can go and you know she would have learned a, a lesson there. Um, but still a great swim, uh, just outside the championship records and she, she picked up the gold medal. And, uh, and certainly one to, to look for in Melbourne in March. Well, any girl that can get up, put herself on the line like that, win gold in the 803, and then come back and do the 100 backstroke and, and win that has a serious talent. But she, she's one of these ultimate swimmers, you know. She, she combines uh, fantastic technique. She's got all the physical attributes. She's tall, long levers. She obviously trains very hard. She has a great amount of talent. Um, but most importantly, she's got that winning mindset. You know, winning is a habit for her. Um, and she does it over and over again. Well, we'll move on now and talk a bit more about the big story from last month, which was, of course, uh, Ian Thorpe's retirement. So I'm joined on the line from Sydney by Swimming World's uh, Australia correspondent, Steve Thomas. Uh, Steve, thanks for, for speaking to us. Uh, it's my pleasure. Obviously, there would have been quite a reaction down under to, uh, to Ian Thorpe announcing that he's going to call it a day and, and jump out of the swimming uh, pool to pursue other interests. As uh, it... Was it catch everyone by surprise? Was there a lot of reaction to him making that announcement? Yes and no. I mean, I spoke to a couple of journalists this week at the Australian Championships and uh, uh, particularly a couple of the younger ones uh, were um, a, little, a little bit um, sort of shock and 
make a huge difference to the um, the overall rounding of the Australian team, relays, etc. So, um, yeah, to, to answer your question, um, I, I wasn't particularly surprised. Um, I would I would put that the number one question that anyone has put to me over the past 12 months, whether they be a master swimmer, general public, an interested um, uh, observer, or um, or an America or an, or an overseas type correspondent. Um, but the longer he went without competing, and um, I'm just looking at a photo today, the last race he swam was uh, the, the trials for the Melbourne um, for the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in uh-huh. January, and uh, you know he won the hundred metres, and that was his last his, the last time he swam. So it's almost it's getting up to twelve months ago now. Um, and as as Matt Welsh quite quite wisely said, um, a guy who's just turned thirty and has just won his fifty first Australian um, long uh, championship. Um, said that um, the more you train and the less you race, the harder it is to keep going because you know, the adrenaline of a race isn't there. Mm-hmm. I think he just worked himself into that kind of position. I think uh, a lot of people, um, are certainly on this side of the world, um, are disappointed to, to see him go, obviously. Um, and it's it's very much a case of, of what might have been because he's obviously he's only, he's only in his early 20s, although he's been around on the international scene for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And in it was just maybe he could have taken a, a step from being. I mean, he's obviously a, a swimming great, but he could have been, you know, maybe even something even even better if he'd gone to Beijing and, and won his third consecutive Olympic title or, or whatever. Yeah, look, I agree with you totally, and uh, I think I've quoted stats. He holds nine of the ten fastest times in history in the four hundred metres, and uh, Hackett has the tenth. Um, and in the two hundred, there's one time that Peter van den Hoogenbaan yep. thrown in. I think it was in Berlin in two thousand and two, sort of about seventh fastest. And he has the top ten, uh, top nine, other than that swim uh, of the two hundreds. So amazing record, incredible swimmer. But the reality was the amount of effort. I think anyone that saw him finish that four hundred meter race in um, in Athens, you know, it was tears of emotion when uh, Hackett almost had to console him. I mean, Hackett was trying to beat him. Um, and uh, I think you know the thought of of doing it, doing the 400 again, and the training involved um, was just too much. Uh, I spoke to his old coach uh, Doug Frost um, only a few months ago about this subject, and Doug said, "Look, he's a two and 400 meter swimmer, um, and he obviously went the direction of Tracy Menzies because he he really wanted to go down that path." Um, Doug still to this day says that that. Uh, that he should be a, a, a his best was two and four hundred meters, but he, you know he said really you know he doesn't want to do the work anymore, and I think um, starting at fourteen and working very hard with Frost and and you know, through twelve, thirteen, and fourteen age group swimming, I think he just just had a gutful really, and uh, that with the amount of um, offers he has through um, uh, that are coming left, right, and centre, and he's he's had for the last couple of years notoriety travelling buying a house in Los Angeles with um, movie star type contacts and friends um, it's very difficult to uh, focus on 400 metre training Indeed uh, I think you, you touched on something there that I think is, is quite interesting for people on in Britain certainly when, when you mentioned his notoriety because I'd imagine that it would have been front page news on all the papers and there would have been lots of TV coverage of him making this announcement and it's hard for Thomas. people it's enormous. Hard. You just got the, the the press conference. You would think that the prime minister was resigning. I mean, it's it's very hard for people in this in this country to to understand quite what a, a big thing it is because if 
someone, I mean, we don't have anyone quite of his profile anyway, but if one of our top swimmers, I know maybe when Steve Parry retired or when Mark Foster finally called it a day, you, you, if you weren't in swimming, you wouldn't even have heard about it. And so it's a very different situation that he's found himself in, I guess. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, the, the um, to give you an idea, I mean, the press conference was, was uh, there, there was there were rumblings a few days before because there was talk that he was going to cut back his program to just one event at the uh, the World Championships trials, and there was talk that he might pull out of that. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, no, that, that, you know, he's not going to do that. that. That's stretching it too far. And sure enough, I mean, he booked a five-star hotel in Sydney. I mean, the, the room was full. There were a hundred odd. There were TV cameras. There were you know sports journalists, celebrity uh, writers, the lot. Um, and it was an enormous, and the coverage in the papers was uh, almost um, almost like a, a 50 year of World War II type um, supplement. With there literally um, a double page spread in the Sydney Morning Herald um, with with addendums attached to that. So you're talking maybe broadsheet two or three, four pages of coverage, front page, um, full page shots of him. Uh, at his conference, um, and the TV news was just absolutely constant for a couple of days. Um, leading up to that, of course, a lot of people like, um, you know, our luminaries uh, like um, uh, Dawn Fraser and um, and every, every and um, uh, Duncan Armstrong um, and um, Murray Rose had all thrown in, had been asked for quotes whether he should continue or not. But the reality was, you know, I mean, he was was well down the track of retiring, but the the, um, the, the press was, you know, you wouldn't believe it um, if you didn't see it. But then you've got to get the context. Um, he's the equivalent to, a, a, I guess, a Beckham or a leading soccer star Absolutely. in the UK. Yeah, I mean, he's ranked ranked recently um, the number one sports star in Australia, ahead of any soccer, rugby, any of our top rugby players, any of our top cricketers. He's considered the most marketable individual in Australia in sport. So put it in that context, you can possibly um, understand why um, swimming is such a big deal in this country. Indeed. He leaves a, a big hole, in fact, in, you mentioned earlier, in the, in the relay teams and, and things like that for Australia's men, who, who've who been struggling recently. Um, let's face it, they, they were a bit below par in Melbourne for the Commonwealth Games. Um, um, is is it going to be a difficult gap for them to fill? Or are, they, are other people going to come through and, and step into the breach, if you like? I mean, obviously, Grant's coming back from his... From his injuries and, and swimming uh, again, but uh, is is that going to be enough to fill the gap? Well, Grant Grant swam this week and he's um, half the way through the program now. You've probably heard he pulled out of the 200 metres freestyle, um, and I have spoken to his coach. And you know there is an issue about how much to how much. Uh, I mean his performance in in, um, in Canada was. Uh, Montreal was uh, the 4.8 and 1500 was uh, with a world record and the 800 was pretty amazing stuff. Absolutely. He's had this shoulder injury in his back and he's swimming very well. I mean, he's, he's still clocked a, I think his 800 time was in the top 10 or so all time. Um, wasn't that disappointing. Uh, he did, and in that context, he was pulling along Craig Stevens, which of course was um, Ian Thorpe's, um, uh, if you like, uh, uh, lucky lucky seven card to get Indeed. into the, um, to get his 400 spot and he, he indeed swam a very good 400 um, which I think ranks him in the top 5 in the world this year and uh, he's, he's also gone and swam a very good um, 800 now uh, rank, ranking I think second behind uh, Hackett so um, so in that in that context I think it's a, uh, a few of the a few of the articles in Australia 
no one that can replace the uh, you know the size 17 um, uh, feet of Thorpe. I mean, he, he's a unique um, talent, um, a bit like Michael Phelps pulling out of the US team, really. Um, and um, I, I, there really isn't. I mean, Eamon Sullivan's doing quite well in the sprints. He um, broke 49 for the first time last night. Um, he did a 22, 22-1-4 uh, in the semi-final of the 50. Um, of course, that wasn't um, Thorpe's arena. But um, the problems in the Australian team um, stretch beyond um, Thorpe's areas. I mean, they're, they're weak in the form strokes at the moment. Uh, except in the breaststroke where Brendan Hans, uh not Brendan Hanson, um, Brendan Rickard, yep. uh, Brendan Hanson's the man to beat. Um, and um, Jim Piper's still swimming pretty well in the 200. Uh, but Hanson's, um, uh, sorry, Rickard is, is really um, starting to come along well. But, um, you know, Michael Klim's still having a go at um, Butterfly. He's uh, second fastest qualifier behind Adam Pine, who's 31. Nice. So you've got a 29 and a 31 year old there holding up the Butterfly. Uh, with a couple of younger guys, but they're really half a second behind the um, behind those chaps, and those guys are a second off uh, what their PBs were a few years ago. So it's not looking great. And in the backstroke, uh, Matt Welsh is still holding up his end. Um, he's just turned 30 in the in the uh, in the dorsal event, so um, uh, there aren't a lot of good um, male swimmers coming through. Not at the level of the challenge at World Championships, anyway. Indeed. So uh, interesting times ahead. For the, for the oh, men's team. Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll, it'll, it, there's a wide. I don't think Australia will. The, the, the Thorpe certainly. The, the relay will be solid, and the guys. There were some reasonable performances in the um, overall in the in the hundred and the two hundred meters, but a couple of guys. Um, Nick Springer, who was was a silver, uh, was part of the Australian relay in the four by two hundred in Athens, and then swam well in Montreal last year. Um, he's he's been suffering from a virus for over 12 months now, and he he was way off the pace and uh, didn't figure in the top four. Um, so he was the one he was going to be the, the most likely to um, to fill the gap with uh, Hackett pulling out of the 200. Okay, Steve. So, just just yeah. before uh, we'll, we'll let you go and uh, and get back to to whatever you're doing. Um, what <laughs> what is your uh, your favourite moment from Ian Thorpe's career? What what sticks in the memory? Sure. Um, I started to get involved in swimming in 1996 after uh, Atlanta, and I went to the, the World Championships in in January of '98 over in Perth. And uh, you know, this big, gangly, solid kid, bit of almost had a bit of puppy fat on him. I saw him in one of the age group championships uh, in um, Sydney that year, and earlier the, the previous year, and um, he zoomed past. Uh, Hackett, who'd been the favourite for the 400 metres in, um, on a really hot um, evening in, um, in Perth and just um, ploughed past him in the, in the last 10 metres under the flags. Um, that, that certainly was the, that was the, the beginnings of um, Ian Thorpe. And he was almost, um, of course, Michael Klim and, um, was, was the star of the Australian team at that time. But then surely the, the relay swim, um, anchoring that relay in Sydney, uh, it was a pretty amazing time. He actually puts it down as one of his uh, his great swims. Um, winning the 400 in, in Athens was probably his, well, it was his swan song, certainly, but I think it actually took that much out of him emotionally, that whole build-up having been uh, DQ'd in the qualifiers that year, and that whole, uh, the amount of press he was, uh, the amount of pressure he was under from the press when he eventually got a spot in 
Steve, thanks very much for uh, speaking to us. And uh, yeah. enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much. So we heard there from, from Steve Thomas uh, in Australia about uh, Ian Thorpe calling it a day. It's, it's a big decision to make when you, you finally hang up your goggles. What kind of thought processes did you go through, Steve? You've obviously made that decision uh, relatively recently. Uh, to come to that decision, was it was it difficult? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you've got to understand the psyche of, of international swimmers and, you know, sports people in general, and that's that they do what they do because they want to see how good they can be and they want to win medals and they want to test themselves to the, to the absolute limit. Now, obviously, I don't know what, what Ian was thinking, but I can tell you what, what went into my thought process, and that was that I always wanted to be an Olympic medalist, and that's what got me up out of bed every morning at half past five and I got me training and the best way to describe it is you just have this burning desire in the pit of your stomach that you want to find out how good you can be and you set yourself a goal and when you achieve those goals a lot of that desire floats away. I mean I, I actually wanted to go on to Melbourne, um, the Commonwealth Games in Melbourne in 2006 but I found myself in 2004 and early 2005 actually not wanting to get up in the morning to do the training and not having desire to achieve in the sport anymore because I was quite lucky that I'd achieved my ultimate goal of winning the Olympic medal and that I probably would have carried on if I thought I could have done better if I thought I could have got the gold medal in Beijing I, w- I would have carried on and this is going to sound quite defeatist but I didn't actually think that I could beat uh, Michael Phelps in Beijing the guy was 19 years old um, and he'd already beat me in, in Athens when he was 19 and he, you know, his world record holder won it in 53 seconds and it had taken me five years to knock off half a second and go 155 and break the Commonwealth record so I mean for me it's quite a, a realistic thing that I'm not going to do any better and I've done what I wanted to do so so let's move on to other challenges in your life and I think you know if I can relate that to Ian Thorpe um, the guy has been winning world championships since he was 16 years old he's got multiple Olympic gold medals um, he, he earns millions and millions of dollars a year through endorsements and that sort of stuff and I think he probably lost his desire to want to achieve in the sport. And I, I think he probably wanted to do o- other things in his life. And it's a shame, really, because he is a fantastic loss to the sport. Uh, but he's been to two Olympic Games, performs uh, well at both. Um, and I think he just wants to move on and, and do other things. Well, and understandably so as well. I think uh, you'd obviously wish him well with, with what he gets on with. Uh, well, he's going to be successful. And he, he's not going to struggle. Don't worry, he's not going to be on the dole. He'll be all right. <laughs> I think he'll manage. I think he'll manage. Yeah. Steve, just before we uh, we call it a day and uh, let you get on with your, the rest of your day, it's uh, obviously the end of the year. It's time to, uh, to for the poll to uh, to pick our swimmers of the year. That'll be running on the on the site in the next uh, couple of weeks. You've you've uh, you've won the poll a couple of times in the past, but uh, who would you who would you be your picks for the for the male and female swimmers of the year? Um, well, I'd say in in the ladies, uh, without a doubt, my pick for the year would be Kirsty Balfour. It's difficult um, to be on that, certainly. Done a fantastic job all year. Um, she was beaten, uh, obviously, on the Commonwealth Games for a, for a silver medal there in, a, in an amazing world-class time. I think that was her coming out party, really. That was when she really was a serious threat on the, on the world scene. Uh, she followed that up with a gold medal at the Europeans, uh, long course in, in the summer, and she's just won uh, the European short course. And I don't think she's put a foot wrong. I think she's a fantastic leader. She's a quietly confident girl, and she's she's a great individual to have on the team. I never, I, I, I've never say a negative word about anybody, and her attitude is just brilliant. So all, all around for me, I can I can only really go with uh, with Kirsty Balfour now. On the on, on the men's side of men's side of things, I would say uh, Chris Cook uh, had a fantastic year. Uh, 
zone and arguably the best breast stroker we've got in the country at the moment. So Chris Cook, I would definitely say, is, is up there. But um, I think David Carey as well had a fantastic year. And um, winning the 400 free out of the Commonwealth Games was a, was a fantastic performance. And I think we can expect great things from those uh, 4x200 uh, metre boys. And of course, Dave Davis as well. Um, he had a disappointing Europeans. Uh, but again, being the first Welshman um, in, in 25 years, I think, I think it might be the first Welshman ever uh, to win a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games uh, on, on the 1500 free. And breaking Australia's uh, command of that event. I don't think they'd ever lost it before, but fantastic win for Wales there. And uh, once again, he did a good job at, uh, at Europeans. So they would be my three picks for the for, for the blokes, but uh, there is only one for me and the ladies, and that's Kirsty Balfour. I think I'd, I think I'd agree with you on that front. It's hard to, hard to look beyond Kirsty. Yeah. Uh, we shall see what uh, what the people say, and uh, we'll obviously announce those results uh, in January. Okay, Steve. Great. Thanks for speaking to us, Steve. It's uh, it's been a pleasure as always. No worries, mate. Well, that's all we have time for this month. But uh, don't forget, if you want to read any more about anything we've spoken about on the show this month, you can go to www.pullboy.co.uk forward slash podcast, and there'll be some uh, links to follow there. And if you've got any questions or, or comments or feedback you'd like to send us, then you can do so to podcast at poolboy.co.uk. Until next month then, thanks for listening and have a Merry Christmas. Goodbye.